the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'd say happy holidays, but that's not quite right. Getting there, though, right? Where did the year go? Did you max out your 401k? You should have. Still have time if you haven't. Yesterday, we were left wondering if the stock market would still be thinking that the FOMC committee was apt to stay at the zero bound, at least through the end of the year, after the release of minutes for the September 16th through September 17th FOMC meeting. So we came, they gave, gave us notes for that meeting. They gave us, like, the minutes. Based on the response following the release of the minutes, the answer is a resounding yes. Wall Street liked it. Major indices power to a new session high. It conveyed a similar message of thinking that the policy rate could be raised by the end of the year, but that there was an increased awareness of the downside risk of the economic and inflation outlook. There's not a lot of inflation. It's kind of weird when you say that. There is, though. Like, if you look at your health care costs, but there's not a lot of inflation elsewhere. The inflation data has yet to support a 2015 rate hike, even though the economic data has. There's not enough data to create a reasonable sense of confidence that inflation is tracking towards the committee's 2% objective. Basically, keep on riding that 0% interest rate, baby. It's like getting on the nuclear bomb and writing it down. Woo! A little Dr. Strangelove thing going on there. So that's what the market sees. There's some irony in it, and that the perspective is that it's based on the weakening of the dollar, which has supported the recent surge in oil prices and the recent surge in emerging markets. Who's happy about that? Well, the Fed should be happy about that, which claims it isn't as hung up on international developments as everyone thinks it is. So the capital markets could unwittingly be a catalyst behind a decision by the Fed. 
to raise the Fed fund rates by the end of the year. In other words, the giddiness over there not being a rate hike before the end of 2015 is driving up asset prices in a manner that might convince the Fed to pull the plug and start raising interest rates. It's so confusing, and it's such bad radio. I don't shine when I'm talking about the Fed. Everyone should shine. Everyone is a princess. Everyone is a Disney princess. That's all I have to say about that. Disney makes some good money off those princesses. You don't have to have a lot of conviction that third quarter earnings period and fourth quarter guidance is going to be uplifting. Alcoa kicked things off last night, yesterday afternoon, kind of shy of the third quarter estimates and cutting many of its production growth forecasts for its China business. That's not good. <clears throat> so <clears throat> a lot of the big chemical companies, a lot of big commodity companies, their solution for the low commodity prices, which is tied towards low demand out of China, is to say, we're not going to send anyone to work. As Disney would say, hi-ho, hi-ho, soft door, guy, go. You know, with those dwarves, were they miners? Wow. Would that be politically correct in this day and age? It's a good question. But miners aren't mining anymore. They're told, don't go into the mine right now. And that's how we're fixing the problem of the commodity glut. Oil drillers aren't drilling anymore. They're told, like, hey, don't go to work right now. So oil prices have popped above $50 a barrel. And again, for the record, not all miners aren't going to work and not all drillers aren't going to work. It's just that's how you kind of solve the problem. You know, you've seen the rig count get dramatically cut around the world. Um, Glencore, you know, they're going to said they're going to cut its annual zinc production by a third. And that boosts the price. It's a kind of commodities played Commodities play a game based on supply and demand. And if you cut the supply, demand could stay the same and suddenly it looks a little more attractive, right? Are you with me or are you against me? Glencore had an announcement, again, where a lot of people think they're going to go bankrupt. So they're doing everything they can not to. So we enter the weekend wondering if more will ultimately be less for the equity market down the road rate hike from FOMC comes earlier than expected, and it refutes the basis for why the market has rallied as strong as it has this month. I'm good with that. Are you good with it? At some point in time, the Fed's going to raise interest rates, and it's going to change things. Maybe it already has, because we know they're going to do it. So if you're surprised by it when it happens, I would be really shocked by that. If I tell you we're going to get sexy this weekend... Sometime this weekend, we're going to get sexy. Don't be surprised! Same thing with the Federal Reserve interest rates. If I told you I'm going to dance for you this weekend, there's no chance on the planet that I will dance for you. So you know that. So some surprises, you can establish some merit with it, and some you can't. So far the week, the S&P 500 is up 3.2% for the week. So if you put $100 in the stock market at the beginning of the week, you're worth $103.20. Your money made little baby money if you sell it. And then Mr. Obama and Uncle Sam are going to take probably about a third of it. 
depending on your, you know, where you are tax-wise and everything. And it's a short-term capital gain, which... Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say. How much money you're worth, how much of your, your profits go to uh, health care. Washington's made things worse. I'd agree with that. So, I live, I live in an ideal world, and maybe I'm going to become a clamper or something like that. I live in an ideal world where uh, Washington, they, it's, it's all about getting reelected, and why do you have to have a staff of 200? That makes no sense to me. Strength today in consumer staples, financials, industrials, weakness in energy and utilities. So strength is in the sexy areas, growthy areas. Weakness is in the protection areas, the defensive areas. GM warns about using wipers. You know, did you ever see the movie Come Into America? Where Eddie Murphy goes, wipers! Different type of wipers. But that would be kind of nice to have those kind of wipers. But GM says their new crossover SUVs are being warned not to use windshield wipers. The company is recalling their 2016 Buick Enclave, Chevy Traverse, GMC Arcadia, because a wiper motor can encounter an electrical short and catch on fire. People say that the quality of uh, Detroit, the quality of cars coming out, of cars being made today, is higher and higher. Doesn't it seem like we're getting a lot of crazy stuff? No. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Dow's eyeing a six-day winning streak. Go Dow. Go Dow. Go Dow. It's your birthday. Mm, my birthday was yesterday. You know, one person sent me an email saying happy birthday. It was the saddest birthday ever. I felt like the sad donkey. Yeah. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back talking monies and markets and investing and getting your butt to retirement. Take a break. We'll be right back. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates. It's time for doing what I love to do, talking a little ice hockey. Fall has come upon us, and it's when the boys put their skates back on. Joining me now, coach of the San Jose Barracuda, Roy Sommer. Roy, how are you? How are you doing, Rob? Doing well. Um, congratulations. You are the 20 wins away from an AHL wins record, and you, you get things kicking towards that tonight, don't you? Yeah, we get a, we start up. I guess uh, fall is here, the leaves are coming off, and it's uh, time to lace up the boots and get at it. I super enjoyed watching the San Jose Sharks who you are a farm team of, beat the L.A. Kings the other night. Very exciting. So you must be getting jonesed and ready to go, uh, chomping yeah. at the bit. Yeah, no, we're, we're, uh, we're set. Hopefully we play like them. Actually, you know what? All my years is uh, in the organization. I think that's one of the best games I've seen them play start to finish. You know, they had the gas on the pedal all the way to the end and uh, saw a lot of good things. So... Expect a lot of good things this year from uh, 
It's a big game tonight, um, Friday night. So tickets are terribly affordable for the AHL games, um, which is something I dig. I want people to have family entertainment, but I want them to see professional teams. And uh, the AHL is for real. Um, you are an Oakland native. Tell us a little bit about how a boy from Oakland gets into hockey. <laughs> well, I started, I played all my minor hockey in Berkeley. Okay. Um, you know, I think I started skating like grade six or seven, like most kids, and then uh, kind of was a rink rat and stuck with it. And I used to go to a hockey school up in Nelson, British Columbia, when I was from 10 years old till almost 23. And uh, I was scouted out of there to go to a junior camp and left home when I was uh, 16 to go play uh in uh, Edmonton, and then uh, the next two years I played in Calgary and was drafted by Toronto, and I guess the rest is history. You don't have that much uh, time on your radio show to all the cities I've been in, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it. I've spoken with legendary investor Peter Lynch. I've spoken with uh, Bill Clinton, and I get excited talking to Roy Sommer about hockey. That's how much I love hockey. It's such a great sport. Um, What's your team looking like this year? What's the Barracuda looking like? You know what, uh, like, uh, kind of changed the, the chemistry a little bit last year and brought in a lot of character kids. And we've got a great nucleus coming back from last year, a team that made the playoffs. And I'm excited. I mean, you never know. I mean, when you look up on my board in the office and you see what we have, we're pretty deep. We're, you know, we've got kind of a veteran lineup with, uh, you know, a, a sprinkle of uh, rookies and, Two first-rounders are on our team right now, Godobin and Mueller. Our goaltending strong. we got a D that can get back and move pucks. And we got some tough guys up front, so we pretty well got it all. You know, we got good chemistry, and the guys seem to get along early. And, you know, we'll, we'll see you tonight. But uh, I'm expecting big things. Forgive me that I don't know your lineup. I'm more of a Sharks uh, lineup kind of guy. You've well, got... You'll, you'll, that'll change. I know, and I, that's what I'm excited about. Because like you used to coach Couture and Pavelski, and now they're great contributors on the NHL level. And you've got a guy called Nikolai Godobin, first rounder. What do we need to know about him? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, he's uh, he's exciting. When uh, every time he's on the ice, I think he'll bring you to the edge of your seat. He does some crazy stuff, but uh, you know he's real creative. He's got a great hockey mind. Um, when he has the puck, he does some magic with it. So. Uh, He'll be a, a player in the NHL for a long time. He's just down uh, with us, you know, learning how to be a pro, and eventually he'll be up uh, with the Sharks. Same thing as uh, Pavalski and Couture. Pretty excited. I'm looking at uh, Ticketmaster right now, and people can get tickets for tonight's game by going to sjbarracuda.com, sjbarracuda.com. The seats are all really close to the action, which the NHL can be very expensive, whereas it's very, very affordable in the AHL, so I highly endorse families do this. Even go to tonight's game. You're playing the the Rockford Icehogs? Tell us a little bit about your competition. Well, they're you know good team. They've got a little bit of everything. I think from what we've heard about them, they've got, uh, you know, they're really strong up front. I think their defense is a little weak. They've got good goaltending. But, uh, you know, everyone in the, you know, every team in the American hockey league, like people forget this. You know, your top two lines, probably three or four of those guys are going to play in the NHL, you know, either this year or in the near future. And your top three defensemen will probably all play in the NHL. And most teams starting goaltenders like ours, 
you know, they're going to be they're the the future. They're uh, they're they're teams that are playing right now. So anyone that comes to a game, you're seeing, you know, it's the second best league in the world in, in my uh, regards. Yeah, I'd agree. And a lot of what people should look at it is these are kids who are typically 18 to 25 who are trying to make the NHL squad. So they're playing their hearts out. They're they're not going through an 80 game season with a big contract. They're they're trying to get that 80 game season with a big contract. Uh, where's Rockford located? Who are they a farm team of? Rockford's with uh, Chicago Blackhawks, okay. and they're just north of Chicago. Okay, gotcha. So they're traveling to see you tonight, and people can get tickets at sjbarracuda.com. Um, you've been in AHL for a long time, coaching the most games ever. Congratulations on that. Job security is fantastic. Um, is there ever going to be an opening, do you think, to the NHL, or are you just a development kind kind of guy? Well, I think that's where they kind of have me pegged as a development guy, but you never know, man. I'm just uh, along for the ride. It, it doesn't seem like I've been coaching in the American League as long as I have, but uh, I guess if you look at the record books, that's that's kind of what's happened. But, uh, no, I'm just, you know, I enjoy what I do. I love seeing guys go up and, you know, score their first goal or get in their first game and basically, uh, you know, reach their dreams. So, and that's what's so fun about coaching these guys. They're motivated every day, and it's a short it's a short lifespan down here. So when they get out on the ice, they give it. You know, no one's going to cheat you when you come to our games. Speaking with Coach Roy Sommer, coach at San Jose Barracuda, how's the move from Wooster to San Jose been for you as and the organization? Um, you know, it it, it was <laughs> it was a process. Okay. You know, we. Uh, you know, I, I spent my summers in Montana, so I moved, uh, and I just finished building a place up there. You know, I've had a place up there 38 years, and uh, so I moved half my stuff there, and we kind of looked for housing out here, and <laughs> Good luck it wasn't that. quite like out in uh, Worcester. That's you know, right. we're kind of living in a small place, so we just have a, we bought a little, brought a little bit of furniture here, and not quite used to the traffic yet. But, uh, you know, the, the move's been pretty good, and uh, we're settled in now and uh, ready to go. Anything else you want to throw at us, Roy, about tonight's game that we should be expecting? I'll tell you what, I think they're, they're, they're pulling all of the, all stops, man. They brought some, uh, some different things in for the, the start of the game tonight. You know, I just spoke with uh, Eric Linklist, our, uh, our broadcaster, and he said it's going to drizzle. You know, they've already oversold, uh, you know, what they expected. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to come tonight, you better come early because I think the tickets are going pretty pretty fast. There's a lot of uh, excitement out there. And I expect um, an exciting game. And uh, you get a chance to do things once, and hopefully you get it done. You'll get us a win tonight. It's Roy Sommer, coach of the San Jose Barracuda. You can go to SJ Barracuda. They're the newest game in town. They're the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Family-friendly, affordable entertainment. Check it out tonight in San Jose. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates.
It's time for doing what I love to do, talking a little ice hockey. Fall has come upon us, and it's when the boys put their skates back on. Joining me now, coach of the San Jose Barracuda, Roy Sommer. Roy, how are you? How you doing, Rob? Doing well. Um, congratulations. You are the 20 wins away from an AHL wins record, and you, you get things kicking towards that tonight, don't you? Yeah, we get it. We start up, I guess, uh, fall is here. The leaves are coming off, and it's uh, time to lace up the boots and get at it. I super enjoyed watching the San Jose Sharks who you are a farm team of, beat the L.A. Kings the other night. Very exciting. So you must be getting jonesed and ready to go, uh, chomping yeah. at the bit. Yeah, no, we're, we're, uh, we're set. Hopefully we play like them. Actually, you know what? All my years is uh, in the organization. I think that's one of the best games I've seen them play start to finish. You know, they had the gas on the pedal all the way to the end and uh, saw a lot of good things, so... Expect a lot of good things this year from uh, the Big Club. It's a big game tonight, um, Friday night, so tickets are terribly affordable for the AHL games, um, which is something I dig. I want people to have family entertainment, but I want them to see professional teams, and uh, the AHL is for real. Um, you are an Oakland native. Tell us a little bit about how a boy from Oakland gets into hockey. <laughs> well, I started, I played all my minor hockey in Berkeley. Okay. Um, you know, I think I started skating like grade six or seven, like most kids, and then uh, kind of was a rink rat and stuck with it. And I used to go to a hockey school up in Nelson, British Columbia, when I was from 10 years old till almost 23. And uh, I was scouted out of there to go to a junior camp and left home when I was uh, 16 to go play uh, in uh, Edmonton. And then uh, the next two years I played in Calgary and was drafted by Toronto, and I guess the rest is history. You don't have that much uh, time on your radio show to all the cities I've been in, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it. I've spoken with legendary investor Peter Lynch. I've spoken with uh, Bill Clinton, and I get excited talking to Roy Sommer about hockey. That's how much I love hockey. It's such a great sport. Um, what's your team looking like this year? What's the Barracuda looking like? You know what? Uh, like, uh, kind of changed the... Uh, the chemistry a little bit last year and brought in a lot of character kids and we've got a great nucleus coming back from last year the team that made the playoffs and I'm excited I mean you never know I mean when you look up on my board in the office and you see what we have we're pretty deep we're you know we've got kind of a veteran lineup with uh you know a sprinkle of uh rookies and two first rounders are on our team right now could open the viewer our goaltending strong. We got a D that can get back and move pucks, and we got some tough guys up front. So we pretty well got it all. You know, we got good chemistry, and the guys seem to get along early. And you know, we'll we'll see you tonight. But uh, I'm expecting big things. Forgive me that I don't know your lineup. I'm more of a Sharks uh, lineup kind of guy. You've well, got you'll, you'll, that'll change. I know, and I, that's what I'm excited about because, like, you used to coach Couture and Pavelski. And now they're great contributors on the NHL level. You've got a guy called Nikolai Godolbin, first rounder. What do we need to know about him? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, he's uh, he's exciting. When uh, every time he's on the ice, I think he'll bring you to the edge of your seat. He does some crazy stuff, but uh, you know he's real creative. He's got a great hockey mind. Um, when he has the puck, he does some magic with it. So uh, 
he'll be uh, a player in the NHL for a long time. He's just down uh, with us, you know, learning how to be a pro, and eventually he'll be up uh, with the Sharks. Same thing as uh, Pavalski and Couture. Pretty excited. I'm looking at uh, Ticketmaster right now, and people can get tickets for tonight's game by going to sjbarracuda.com, sjbarracuda.com. The seats are all really close to the action, which the NHL can be very expensive, whereas it's very, very affordable in the AHL. So I highly endorse families do this. Even go to tonight's game. You're playing the the Rockford Icehogs. Tell us a little bit about your competition. Well, they're you know good team. They've got a little bit of everything. I think from what we've heard about them, they've got uh, you know they're really strong up front. I think their defense is a little weak. They've got good goaltending, but. Uh, you know, everyone in the, you know, every team in the American Hockey League, people forget that, you know, your top two lines, probably three or four of those guys are going to play in the NHL, you know, either this year or in the near future. And your top three defensemen will probably all play in the NHL. And most teams starting goaltenders like ours, you know, they're going to be, they're the, the future of their, uh, their, their teams that are playing right now. So anyone that comes to a game, you're seeing, you know, it's the second-best league in the world in my uh, regards. Yeah, I'd agree. And a lot of what people should look at it is these are kids who are typically 18 to 25 who are trying to make the NHL squad. So they're playing their hearts out. They're, they're not going through an 80-game season with a big contract. They're they're trying to get that 80-game season with a big contract. Uh, where's Rockford located? Who are they a farm team of? Rockford's with uh, Chicago Blackhawks, okay. and they're just north of Chicago. Okay, gotcha. So they're traveling to see you tonight, and people can get tickets at sjbarracuda.com. Um, you've been in AHL for a long time, coaching the most games ever. Congratulations on that. Job security is fantastic. Um, is there ever going to be an opening, do you think, to the NHL, or are you just a development kind kind of guy? Well, I think that's where they kind of have me pegged as a development guy, but you never know, man. I'm just uh, along for the ride is- it doesn't seem like I've been coaching in the American League as long as I have, but uh, I guess if you look at the record books, that's that's kind of what's happened. But uh, no, I'm just you know I enjoy what I do. I love seeing guys go up and you know score their first goal or get in their first game and basically uh, you know reach their dreams. So and that's what's so fun about coaching these guys. They're motivated every day, and it's a short it's a short lifespan down here so when they get out on the ice they give it you know no one's going to cheat you when you come to our games speaking with coach roy sommer coach at san jose barracuda how's the move from wooster to san jose been for you as in the organization um you know it it, it was <laughs> it was a process okay you know we uh you know i, I spent my summers in montana so i moved uh and i just finished building a place up there. You know, I've had a place up there 38 years. and uh, So I moved half my stuff there, and we kind of looked for housing out here. And <laughs> Good luck with that. It wasn't quite like out in uh, Worcester. You know, right. We're kind of living in a small place, so we just have a – we bought a little, brought a little bit of furniture here and not quite used to the traffic yet. But, uh, you know, the, the move's been pretty good. And uh, we're settled in now and uh, ready to go. Anything else you want to throw at us, Roy, about tonight's game that we should be expecting? I'll tell you what. I think they're they're, they're pulling all of the, all stops, man. They brought some uh, some different things in for the, the start of the game tonight. You know, I just spoke with uh, Eric Linkwist, our uh, our broadcaster, and 
he said it's going to drizzle. You know, they've already oversold, uh, you know, what they expected. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to come tonight, you better come early because I think the tickets are going pretty pretty fast. There's a lot of uh, excitement out there. And I expect um, an exciting game. And uh, you get a chance to do things once, and hopefully we get it done. Go get us a win tonight. It's Roy Sommer, coach of the San Jose Barracuda. You can go to SJ Barracuda. They're the newest game in town. They're the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Family-friendly, affordable entertainment. Check it out tonight in San Jose. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things money, financial, and more. Joining me from the International Business Times, they've got a new series running on millennial money. Obviously, people who have purchasing power and actually do it, they're not sitting on it and save it. Let's go to Cole Stangler, staff writer for the IBT. How are you, Cole? Great. Thanks so much for having me. So what is this new column, new series that you're you're running and why, do you think? So it's a new series that's looking at kind of just the, the overall challenges uh, for millennials, this generation born in early 1980s up to the coming of age in, in the new century, kind of detailing some of the, the most pressing financial, um, kind of personal financial issues, but also bigger um, kind of structural economic issues facing this generation. Um, kind of trying to figure out a way to make ends meet in, in an increasingly difficult economy and uh, increasingly precarious uh, employment arrangements. Tell us a little bit about what your opinion of what a millennial is, because I think we all have slightly different opinions, and some of them skew from Lynn and Dunham off girls and her friends. That's what they must be like, and some of them are people that work in the radio station that still live with mom and dad. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, so so from just the the um, kind of basic perspective, it, it refers to just if you if you look at the, the way the polling firms define it, it's just referring to a generation that I think is born after 1980, um, kind of up to think around uh, the, the turn of the, the century. So that's kind of roughly defined what the what the generation is like, and and obviously that refers to a giant group of people that. As a variety of different circumstances, not everybody is Lena Dunham. You have people living in in Brooklyn and San Francisco. You also have people living in the middle of the country. So it, it's it's a really broad term. At the same time, there are some kind of common some commonalities in the in the in the overall economic picture that everyone is trying to kind of grapple with, and, and a lot of them have to have similar issues. Among the the kind of most prominent is this question of student debt, where people are, are graduating today upwards of having an average actually of thirty thousand dollars of debt when you graduate from college today. So that's kind of one big reality. And the other is trying to, um, to kind of figure out a way to, to, to make ends meet in this economy that's increasingly unstable where people are working not for one, for one job their whole life. And this is sort of the traditional model um, that's been eroded in the last 
couple decades, and this is a generation that's coming of age trying to um, kind of, you could you know, argue that the first generation coming of age in this, in this kind of new uh, economy where, where that old model is, is, um, has been eroded. So you've recently penned an article on basically that same exact idea of freelancers, of right. you know not be working for the man for your whole life. Uh, what did you find when writing your article? So there's a lot of there's a lot of appeal to this idea. I'm sure you you'd see that out in Silicon Valley with um, the, the rise of these these ride sharing companies, Uber and Lyft, and, and Lyft has these these ads that proclaim you can be your own boss, and that's sort of the the ethos behind a lot of these companies. Um, and people um, are trying to to make a living working in the so-called gig economy, working as freelancers for for whether it's these these app companies, Uber, Lyft, uh, Postmates, or for you know a number of other entities. Um, and it has a, a kind of nice ring to it. This idea of not working for the man, as you put it, working independently. The fact is, it's actually a lot more difficult than it sounds. Um, and so, the story I did was essentially just trying to provide some some basic guidance and just some tips for people that who are for lack of a better word taking taking the plunge and deciding to to do this so working as the kind of the sharing economy um you have to get you have to do your own taxes you have to do your you have to pay social security it's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know that they're getting into you have to have health care or you don't have to have health care but you're setting yourself up for financial ruin if not uh, right. Any of these uh, keys hit, hit you well? Yeah, I mean, so so the healthcare thing is pretty simple. If you're under 26, um, you can be on the on one of your parents' healthcare plans, um, and that applies even if you're financially independent or married. So that's a good option. Um, if you're older, you have to go out on the on the marketplace and, and buy it on your own. Um, you want to try to find a plan if you're if you're a healthy person, find a plan with a high deductible plan with low premiums. It's called a bronze plan today. Um, so, and another good resource I, I recommend, it's on the, on the article as well, but the Freelancers Union, which isn't a union in the traditional sense, um, but it's, it's an organization that kind of provides information and resources to freelancers, has a good list on their website of, of specific healthcare plans. Um, you know, so, so in addition to healthcare, as you mentioned, taxes, that's another, another huge issue. Um, a lot of people don't realize it. Now, I, I actually was freelancing before, and I <laughs> learned this the hard way. But you're actually supposed to pay your taxes four times a year if you're a freelancer. Usually, your employer is doing that for you. But if you don't have an employer, then you have to be doing it on your own. And so there are four deadlines that the IRS sets that you are supposed to meet. Um, and it's really important to do this because otherwise you're going to be hit with extra charges. You'll, you'll owe the interest on the taxes you didn't pay. So it really makes sense to, to stay on top of these deadlines. Anything else that we need to know? Uh... From your reporting, we're speaking with Cole Stangler from the International Business Times. You can find him at ivytimes.com. He just recently penned an article, How to Make It in the Gig Economy, which is intimidating me because I'm, I'm an Xer. I'm not a, a millennial. So the whole idea of uh, gig economy, is, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. But I'm glad I'm not in it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say one other big thing, which sure. is, I mean, you want to make sure that you're not being misclassified. And that's to say you're not being called an independent contractor when you actually should be classified as an employee. This is a really contentious topic right now. But if you have the option, it's actually better to be an employee than an independent contractor in, in, in most cases. So you want to, you want to do that because your employer um, then has to pay for your Social Security 
you get minimum wage and overtime protections. Um, you're protected by anti-discrimination laws. It's really in your interest to be an employee if you can. So that's the last piece of advice I would say is make sure your employer is not, is not um, you know, cheating the law and calling you an independent contractor when you really aren't. And that basically comes down to how much control your employer has at work. Is your employer telling you you have to work a certain number of hours a week? Is your employer telling you you have to do certain things to, to keep the contract? Um, very specific things you have to do. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a topic right now that's being litigated, um, but it's really important to keep in mind that you're not getting ripped off. Thanks for joining us. It's Cole Stangler with IB Times talking kind of what the millennials are going through right now, figuring out how their work looks, how they pay their taxes, how they take care of health care. If you are going to be an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or you're going to be an independent contractor, which contracting's big, and contracting is big because corporations don't want to pay for your health care. They want you to pay for your health care. Contracting is big because they don't want to pay for your, you know, some of your taxes. They want you to pay your taxes. Um, corporations are looking to save money. And the fewer people they have on their payrolls, uh, Wall Street likes that kind of lean, lean efficiency. So it's Cole Stangler. You can find him at How to Make It in the Gig Economy at ivytimes.com. Ivy Times is a great website. Um, you know, content's not dead in any way, shape, or form. It's out there, and there's still some great companies putting it together. I compare the IB Times, International Business Times, to the Wall Street Journal. It's it's pretty well done. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And, you know, we're going to talk millennials on a pretty regular basis on this show, and I'm not trying to classify a group and saying, hey, they're Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is making fun of, the millennials on Saturday Night Live this week and their love affair with their phones. and It's pretty crazy now where you can walk through the city and you'll walk by 15 people and 14 of them will be on their phones. Uh, we've become that kind of, you know, we have to check information. What did we do before we had these things? Did we actually talk to each other instead of electronically communicate? So Miley Cyrus' We Can't Stop, I think, is a millennial anthem that if you look at the words... It's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's, she didn't write the song, but I think it's actually a pretty impressive millennial uh, anthem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I like dividends. Dividends are a way that a company shares their profits with you. When you buy 100 shares of Apple, you own Apple. You're like Tim Cook. You're like Steve Jobs. You can't go in a store and fire people. You can't get free product, but you still own part of the company. And when you own part of a company, sometimes you want to own it for growth. And the, sometimes growth companies don't give you dividends. Sometimes you want to own it for the value of that, hey, they're making money and they're sharing their cash with you. Dividends. Dividends are a key piece that keep rising. Dividend payments made by companies in the Standard Poor's 500 hit record highs for the sixth straight quarter during the third quarter. Investors in U.S. domestic stocks got $10 billion more in dividend payments during the third quarter. And over time, the dividends account for more than a third of the return on Wall Street's. Um, dividends are rising. They're hitting records. The pace of their increase, though, is starting to slow. Net dividend increases in the third quarter were down 19% from the same year ago. Total number of U.S. companies boosting dividends during the third quarter of 2015 was 497. That's down 12%. Number of companies that cut their dividends in the third quarter was up 62% to 105. 
Dividends are still rising, but at a moderate pace. And again, I like dividends. I like cash buybacks. Um, I probably like dividends more than I like cash buybacks. Buybacks could be a little bit of financial engineering, especially if a company gives a million shares to employees and then buys back a million shares. Sometimes they're buying high, and that's problematic. Sometimes they're buying low, and that's like, ooh. But they're no better at it than you are. Uh, I like dividends. Some guys like blondes. I like dividends. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Drop me an email, Rob, at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. Anything you want to bring up, bring on up. Uh, I'd love to talk money with you. Some early movers and shakers today on Wall Street. There's a lot of them. So Alcoa, they're important. They're kind of an interesting company. Alcoa is both... A company that makes commodity aluminum, which China's killing them at. You know, sometimes be fearful what you want. You want a growing China, like woohoo, more more consumers for the world. But they can hurt some of those traditional, old, stodgy American companies. Um, and Alcoa is also like casting parts. They're splitting that company up. Revenue was below forecast due to aluminum prices company did lower its 2015 aluminum surplus outlook. That's not good. SeaWorld. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. Do we need... I don't like zoos. I find zoos to be just the most horrific, sad places on Earth. I feel like we've caged animals and watched them die in their individual little coffins. Now, I know that's a pretty harsh look, but that's the look that I had as a child, and it's really never changed. I always thought monkeys wanted to be out monkeying around and not caged, but maybe I'm just naive, right? So SeaWorld, the California Coastal Commission approved $100 million for an expansion of SeaWorld's killer whale tanks, but they also banned the company from breeding those whales in captivity. SeaWorld's got a little bit of a PR issue. Not too bad, because they're still lines and they're still selling tickets. Uh, I'm not sure if Shamu is still alive. I'm assuming so. Maybe there's a new Shamu. Maybe Shamu dies every few years. They just bring in another whale and call him Shamu, for all I know. Put a wig on him. I'm Shamu. You're not Shamu. Yes, I am. Eli Lilly, big drug company. Credit Suisse upgraded the drug maker's stock to outperform from neutral, citing the diversity of Lilly's pipeline, among some other factors. I have no problems if you want to own Lilly. If you want a little bit more conservative, maybe you own Pfizer. Nice dividends, good names. I'm pretty confident in the healthcare complex in the United States. Right now, some of the big winners this year have been healthcare companies because we may not need, you know, uh, 
the Greek consumer. We may not need uh, you know, China to consume 7% GDP growth versus 6.9%, but we need health care. So if you want to own a hospital company or a hospital REIT, absolutely gives you some diversification and some distance from some of the, the scarier issues that are out there. The boogie ban. 21st Century Fox Pacific Crest. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I got the black lung. 21st Century Fox. Uh, Pacific Crest began coverage on the media company with an overweight, pointing to benefits from sports programming as well as international growth prospects. Media companies are tough right now. You know, I did a little report yesterday where I was talking about, you know, media companies, yeah, cable comp- cable cutters, cord cutters, uh, that's a real thing. I know people who only watch TV on iPads and computers now. Um, with that said, theft is still their biggest problem. I probably know, I could say this with a lot of confidence, and I'm looking at a couple people in this room. I probably know more people are stealing Netflix and sharing passwords than that are, you know, cutting the cords. I probably know more people that are using BitTorrent to download torrents of shows like Game of Thrones than actually have cut the cord. So, just saying. And I, I don't blame people. Life is expensive. And sometimes people justify stealing because it's digital. Has, is a little bit easier than justify stealing from a store. I'm going hungry. i got to get bread for my family. It's an odd reference. Don't worry about it. Um, Temple of the Wolf? Was it Temple of somebody? Anyway. Um, and I'm going hungry. Um, okay. So 21st Century Fox. They've got sports. And that's the one thing we can't steal. Because uh, it's done in real time. That's, the you know, maybe when you're looking at media companies, that's what you look at. Maybe you look at something like Lionsgate and say, yeah, they got the zombie show and it's great. But, you know, if they had sports, it would be greater. doesn't mean it's bad that they don't have sports, but it would be greater. Tesla, the automaker, was downgraded to underweight from equal weight at Barclays, which questions the company's ability to become a mass market original equipment manufacturer. I agree with that. That's going to be the big problem with Tesla is that we're waiting until 2020 for them to get profitable, and we're waiting a long time for them to get an affordable car. Um, but they're also, in the end, they manufacture something. I think they're they're at, they're battery business is much more intriguing than their car business as far as uh, what it could do for the world. Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, doesn't think very much of Apple's reported plan to build an electric car. He revealed in an interview. How about some bitter apples on this one? He goes, they've hired people we fired. We always jokingly call Apple the Tesla graveyard. If you don't make it at Tesla, you go to work at Apple. I'm not kidding. Isn't that kind of insulting to yourself, too? When you say that you hire people that ultimately have to be fired, when you hire people that ultimately don't make it, isn't that a reflection on your own hiring issues? I'm not picking on Elon Musk because he's a billionaire. He could be the next James Bond villain. That's how much money he has. Hmm. Maybe I'll write that. Write that script and send it off to uh, uh, the 007 people. So Probably want to be very compelling because he'll get in a rocket at the end and blast off the moon and leave us behind. Are you excited about the new 007 movie? How's that for a franchise that's lasted forever and ever and ever? The guy playing James Bond wants to leave the franchise. If I had a franchise like that, I would milk it like a cow. Every single morning, 
Daniel Craig. I would be thrilled, especially in Hollywood. But yes, he wants to not compromise his work, and he wants to continue using his acting muscle. Anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.